Welcome to the Body Bag Podcast. I'm your host, Broker Dave, and with me, co-host, Chris Thomas. Greetings, everyone. Over the next hour, you will consume constructive criticism, allegory, monologue, jokes, but do not just hear us. Listen. That's my that's my slowick <laughs> like impression. Oh. <laughs> that's my pretentious slowick. Yes. And yes, today we are going to be reviewing probably the best movie for me out of 2022, The Menu. That that goes the same for me. It was I was happy that I was able to end out 2022 with a really surprisingly good movie. Yeah, like 2022, like the two best movies were The Menu and The Barbarian. Yeah, and so that's going to, well, I mean, if you're already listening to this, you already know that we are we like the menu since it's on our grab bag list, but yes, it was, Yeah, I was happy when you kept me from having to having to choose it, so I, I got to watch a movie that I really liked. Exactly. I just finished watch, re-watching it about half hour ago. Such a good movie. I, I was like halfway through re-watching it again, and I remember everything because I'd watched it again before. I'm going to watch the other half again after <laughs> reviewing it again. It'd be a good way to cap <laughs> off the day. But before we get to that, we do have some homework to go over. Or as we call it, Chris's ongoing battle to get Dave to like something. <laughs> well, first off, what were our homework assignments? You gave me the burbs. Burbs. While I gave you ginger snaps. Ginger snaps. And before we go... I'm actually going to go first this time, since I think every single okay. time, every single time I've been wanting you to go first, just because I've been anxious to hear, did I get you this time? So this time I'm going to start off with Ginger Snaps, if that's okay. Perfectly okay. So Ginger Snaps is kind of one of those that I had always heard about, but never watched. And yeah, before- it's definitely like a cult classic in the horror community. Like, non-horror fans probably have never heard of it, but if you're in the horror community, you've at least heard of the movie. Yeah, it, when you if you're once, you know, when you surround yourself with other people who like horror, that is a name that gets thrown around. And so I knew going into it a little bit about uh, that the name is a play on words, Ginger Snaps, the main character is named Ginger. Yeah. And yeah. I knew vaguely that... Uh, the whole movie was kind of like an allegory for a woman, uh, young women going into womanhood, experiencing yeah. uh, like that time of the month, their first time going into puberty yeah. type stuff. Um, so my thoughts on it, going into this, I will go ahead and say, I think that Dave has a better idea of the kind of movies to <laughs> to, to recommend to me <laughs> than uh, I do him because um he well I, before i even like get into it like what's one thing that you know i'm gonna give it props for practical effects practical effects exactly um no cg in this movie none and so dave definitely knows the kind of movies to be like all right well even if chris hates it he's at least gonna give it points for this so story um two sisters very much uh this this movie came out in exactly the year 2000 and two sisters very emo-ish very i hate the world very anti like you know fuck those cheerleaders you know we're gonna be over here smoking cigarettes and hating on people kind of teenager yeah kind of us against the world type to deal with the sisterhood yeah you, you know the type um but i will say very good photographers they yeah. like they like taking pictures of the morbid and the macabre and all of that business and and they're on the cusp of hitting puberty, which is kind of what the whole movie is a metaphor for. 
and one of the sisters yeah, they're, get they're like what 14 15 going to freshman year type deal ginger is is 16 her sister bridget is 15 and in okay. movie, movies like this i always find it interesting i always look up the actresses ages especially if they're in high school to see if uh how how if they were cast if they got teenagers to play teenagers or older people to play teenagers and what i thought was interesting was actress who plays ginger was 18 playing a 16 year old and the actress playing her sister bridget was 23 playing a 15 year old so they got so they got the older person to play the younger sister which i thought was a weird choice but it also kind of makes sense which is uh i kind of gave it an extra point for because later on the younger sister very much has to kind of be the older sister in this situation he has to take on the responsibility when all the stuff is going to hell so it was actually it actually was pretty interesting how that kind of worked long story short one of the sisters gets bit by a werewolf and starts slowly this isn't one of those on a full moon that's when they change apparently in this universe you just slowly start turning into a werewolf like yeah that's just the deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fun deal. It's, yeah, it's fun. so different take, uh, a different take on, on werewolves, because as I was watching, I was like, you know, this seems more like vampire lore kind of uh, stuff, just because uh, of the way she's just kind of gradually changing rather than, but the fact that she's turning into an animal, it makes sense for the allegory they're going for. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's a cool take. Ginger starts becoming a real asshole, more so than usual. Not Not the fun-loving asshole, but the... Werewolf aggressive asshole. But the, I'm going to even be mean to my sister and I'm going to scratch up boys in the, while I'm having sex. In the trunk, yeah. In the trunk. Which, that's one little thing I'll say about this is that I think that her attitude change was a little too drastic right off the bat. Her physical changes were kind of gradual. Uh, Starts off, you know, she starts getting like hair. Uh, like where her claw, where she got kind of clawed up, and she starts getting a small tail that starts growing, and but it's like her attitude changed, like the second, like the very next day. Yeah. So if I had to criticize anything, it would probably be a little bit of that. Meanwhile, there's uh, the local drug dealer, uh, Sam. Yeah, the bad boy. Yeah, the bad boy. Which my dude, I love that dude. Uh, he's the school drug dealer, deals drugs out of van and is very much into lycanthropy and, and knows all about werewolves because on the night that uh, Ginger gets attacked, uh, they're running away from the werewolf and he hits it with his car. Doesn't know yeah. what it is. He just hit, knows he hits something. And he teams up with younger sister Bridget and they're trying to find a cure, basically. Ginger's getting worse, getting more violent, accidentally kills, starts off with killing a dog, then moves its way up to the school bully and then she's just killing for to sate her appetite. Yeah. No, but one thing I'll say about the drug dealer character, he kind of reminds me of uh, Josh Hartnett's character in The Faculty. Yeah, he was very yeah. much like that. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, that's a that's actually a very good uh, a very good uh, comparison. I was trying to think of someone to uh, he he. Uh, the only thing I could think of like he's like the Fear Street kids. He just yeah. He just wheels and deals. In fact. I don't even think he goes to that school. You never see him in class. I think I think he just happens to be around. Yeah. <laughs> you never see him in the school. He just ha- he would just always no. drive up to the school, deal, and then drive away. <laughs> Which apparently, like the school 
So I'm guess. So what I am guessing, and maybe you can clarify this. I'm guessing he hooked up with the uh, with the cheerleader chick, and then kind of dumped her, but she still hadn't gotten over him. I'm guessing that he took her virginity because she said that he was like a cherry popper. Uh, and yeah, uh, I believe so. It's been a while since I've actually watched this movie because everybody's thinking that because uh, Bridget is trying to use him as a means to an end to like help get a. Uh, a cure for, for for ginger yeah and ginger as well as the other girls are thinking oh she's just trying to like sleep with him and hook yeah. up which is weird because that's what all of the girls are doing it's so yeah. it's so funny that they'll make fun of other girls thinking that they're doing that but that's everybody's like 16 15 to 17 and all of them are just going to school and having sex and smoking weed yeah. i mean that's that is life in this small town if you're not in the in crowd, you get made fun of for it. So, and if you're part of the in crowd and you try to get violent with the outcast sister, you will get your ass beat by a werewolf <laughs> like yeah. and through. So Ginger gets worse. Um, they eventually find a cure, and but at, at at this point, at near the end, Ginger is just too far gone. Like at this yeah. point, she's like, you know, I don't even care if you're my sister anymore. I know we had this pact and blah 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 and. At the end, she goes full werewolf, and it ends in a showdown at the house. And uh, long story short, gets impaled uh, accidentally with a knife because uh, Bridget was defending herself with a knife, and then Ginger lunges for her. At this point, she is full werewolf and full prosthetic, yeah. and basically dies. Uh, that's the that's the very short you know run through of the whole movie. Which makes me intrigued on how there's a sequel. There's two. Apparently, there's Ginger Snaps two and Ginger Snaps back. Yeah, like I, I do want to watch them because I did enjoy the first one. Apparently, both actresses are in the sequel. Yeah, that's why I kind of want to watch them. They brought the main actresses back. So, so what did I think? I already told you that I like the prosthetic effects on this. Now, now, is this listed as a horror comedy? Because it did have a fair amount of comedy in it. It did have a fair amount of humor. Well, I'll just say, even if it's not listed as such, there are some funny moments in it. Yeah. It's listed as a horror fantasy. All right. Well, there's some funny moments in it, and I love the dad is just trying to live his life. and He's just just sitting there at dinner just trying to eat, and their mother must be... I I couldn't imagine being married to the mother. Like, that dude looks like he's miserable in this marriage. (laughs) To the point where at the end... The mother finds out that the uh, that Ginger has killed uh, one of the missing girls that's gone missing in in the town, and is like, "Get your sister. We're you're gonna burn the house down and and just start a new life." And they're like, "What about dad?" And she's like, "Oh, he, he would just blame me." And he would just, like they're just just completely willing to just leave yeah. the dad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, this dude is just trying to like. He has one of my favorite lines in the whole thing. Ginger's already changed, and they think that she's just going through puberty, and. And the mom's like, oh, the girls are just being normal teenagers. And then the dad says, then why do they care about what you have to say? <laughs> yeah. I was like, good point. Well, in fact, why would they, if, like, they're being normal teenagers. Teenagers don't care about what parents have to say. No, not at all. <laughs> Dude was just trying to, like, he had the best facial expressions. And uh, story. Uh, I'll go ahead and do my breakdown. Uh-huh. Technicals. It was going to be an eight. They put a lot of, I I kind of thought it was going to be an eight when I saw the opening picture montage and it was, they, they took pictures of themselves like in various death, kind of like, uh, faces of death. Yeah. And a lot of effort went into like the, 
staging and prosthetics. So I was like, okay, if this is what it's going to be like for the rest of the movie, I'm going to, you know, at least enjoy it on a prosthetics level. Story? Uh, story, I'm also going to give an eight. Okay. It was a good, it was a solid eight. It was a, a different take on a werewolf. Um, and it wasn't just a full moon and then they become revenant. It was like, yeah. you slowly turn into a werewolf and then once you're a werewolf, you're just a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, I appreciated the allegory. I understood it, even though uh, it was very repetitive sometimes. But I, I appreciated it. I think that if it was a little longer, it would have been a little too long, but it was an hour and like 45 minutes. Yeah. Maybe, I, mean, I think it could have been an hour and a half, but... I, I wasn't like checking my watch or anything, so it was you know the story's fine. Enjoyment, I was teetering between an eight, but the fact that they killed Sam made me dumb it down to a seven. Okay. T- Sam, the second he started helping out, I was like, this dude's gonna die. Um, yeah, this dude, yeah. This dude is way too helpful. I like the character, and everything I love dies. And yeah. he, out of the kindness, he ain't asking for anything. Everybody's yeah. accusing him of like trying to hook up with the fifteen-year-old sister. He's like, no, it ain't even like that. We're just working together on something, yeah. Dude, who's a drug dealer, had the most level head of anybody in this situation, right? And not only did they kill him, but they faked you out, making you think, oh, he's still alive, and then he died again. Yeah. So, uh, Ginger Snaps, technicals eight for me. I really enjoyed the prosthetic story. Pretty original, like the allegory. Eight enjoyment, seven. So 23 out of 30. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a fair spot on score right there. Now, before we go into yours, I just need to preface this with the audience. Um, up to this point, I have given Dave a 80 slasher, a Japanese cyberpunk body horror, a Australian mockumentary, and now I gave him an intentionally cheesy suburban thriller. And... I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know what his review is going to be uh, of of this, but I just needed to at least just put that out there because if he hates this one too, I don't know what to do. So you know, but, I'm just gonna put it out there. I like most eighty slashers. He just kind of gave me <laughs> one of the worst ones, uh-huh. and I do love found footage movies and some documentary ones are really good. But I just found Lake Mungo super boring and dry, mm-hmm. and then that body where I just felt like went too far. Okay, a little much. Uh- all right, so all right, so I'll let you go ahead. All right, and then you made me watch the Burbs. Well, the fact that you said "made me" means you don't like it <laughs> because I really enjoyed this movie. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like, it's because I was like, it's supposed to be a cheesy, goofy suburban uh, thriller. I, I love, I love cheesy sometimes. It had Tom Hanks. It wasn't like overly cheesy where you're just like oh come on now it was at that right level okay yeah. all right so make even if you don't give it like eights all around or nines all around, the fact that you didn't hate it i'll at yeah. least say it's progress it's a movie i could see myself going back and watching again well that's good and i think yeah. it i think it's also appropriate because uh we just put out well at this point we just put out uh summer of 84 so um which is a pretty similar uh similar in the story so mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is a guy, he's on vacation from work for a week. He's trying to. Yeah, and you know, people in the suburbs on vacation. He just has a lot of time on his hands. But he also has some really eccentric, be a good word to put the neighbors. Yes. That no one has ever seen. Sometimes they come out at night, but that's about it. <laughs> how, how eccentric? Well, one of them is Corey Feldman. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not even talking about like the neighborhood. I'm talking about the oh. actual neighbors that oh oh yeah yeah only come out at night and just a bunch of weird things are happening at this house that's next to him. So he lives in the suburbs neighborhood. It's basically cult sack. And you know if you've lived out there, you know how people are mm. super into everybody else's business. Very nosy. Yes. And so you got Tom Hanks. He's married to Carrie Fisher, which I was like, oh, she's in this movie. Yeah, there's a couple of recognizable faces. Yeah. And his wife is basically trying to get him to just leave to go out to the lake for the week. He's <laughs> like, no, we'll do things around the house. I'm just going to hang out. I don't need to go to the lake. Which and then, to his credit, he's trying to. <laughs> yeah. And then his other neighbor, who was played by, uh, what was his name? His other neighbor, Art. Uh, yeah, Art. His wife, Art's wife's gone for the week. So he also just doesn't have anything to do. Which kind of led to like one of the, one of my favorite scenes in the movie towards the beginning. So they're talking about the neighbor and Art basically just comes into their house and starts eating all of their food. That's the kind of friendly uh, neighbor he just shows up uninvited. And... Yeah, just oh, walks to the house, starts eating their food. Goes to the fridge, pulls out leftover ribs, starts eating those. Accidentally eats dog food, if you saw that bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Art, is he's like that overly... It's a good way to put it. He's like Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah. So he starts putting it into his head that the neighbors are uh, Satanists. Cultists or something. Yeah. Occultists. And Ray's like, I don't know. And then they start... First, they try to go to the house and ring the doorbell, and they get attacked by bees. <laughs> Which brings in uh, the third neighbor, who's like kind of like a retired military type. He's the Burt Gummer. <laughs> yeah, the Burt Gummer, played by uh, Bruce Stern. He joins the team to help him out with spying and everything. And then the fourth neighbor is uh, Corey Feltman, who's kind of like a teenager, and his parents are gone. So he's just out painting the house. And he's kind of like the commentary of everything that's happening, making fun of everybody. He's he's kind of like outside of everything, just watching it happen. Yeah, I loved his character. I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> just watching the na- watching the hot uh, the hot neighbor lady like uh, yeah. garden and <laughs> just flirting with her, and then t- talking like a surfer dude. And yeah, and he's on the phone with his friends. He's like, "No, I don't want to go to the party. You guys come over here." I just called the pizza dude. Yeah. It's about to be fun over here watching my neighbors break into the other neighbor's house. You just love how you start seeing more and more people show up at his house to watch all yes. this stuff happen. <laughs> That's great. So all the neighbors finally meet the one eccentric neighbor family. The Clopex. The Clopex. They give off Adam's family mixed with uh, the Beverly Hillbillies type vibe. Yeah, uh... Like a Slavic Beverly Hillbillies kind of. Yeah. They all just get off vibes from the meeting. So they wait for them to leave the next day and they break into the house. As you do. As you one do and you think your neighbors are waiting, you just break into their house. Well, they broke into the house because their neighbor went missing. Yeah, there's an older guy in the neighborhood who lives by himself. He he went missing. And they broke into his house. They broke into his house first. Yeah. And then... They realized he wasn't there, so um, they went to the eccentric neighbor's house and they found the wig of the older neighbor. Yes. And that kind of was like, oh my god, they killed him. So yeah. we need to find evidence. So they break into the house. They go down to the basement where they see this giant industrial-grade furnace. 
Yeah, like a furnace you would never see in a house. Like No, it's basically a cremation furnace. You'd put bodies in it to uh, cremate, basically. So they start digging and digging and digging. As more people start gathering around Corey Feldman's house, the old retired vet neighbors on the roof on lookout. And they, the eccentric neighbors, first drive by the house, being unseen, turn around and leave, go get the cops and come back. And basically, as soon as they get back, Tom Hanks, while digging, digging in the basement, is like, oh, I hit something, I found it. He hit the gas line. Yeah, they were looking for and, bones or something. Yeah, they were looking for bones. And he hits the gas line and explodes his neighbor's house. Which I thought was going to bring me to an ending where I was going to hate it. Because I thought I was going to be like, oh, no, the... These guys never done anything wrong. They're just weird. <laughs> and I was going to be so mad at that ending. Oh, Tom Hanks is, is alive, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he, he somehow lives. The house explodes, launches him like 40 feet in the air, and he just lands in the front yard. Oh, no, he walks out of the house. Like, the entire house gets engulfed in flames, and yeah. he's at the episode, and he just walks out of the house. Out, yeah. <laughs> he's all burnt, bruised up, and they basically are putting him in the ambulance. And while he's in the back of the ambulance, I don't know what happened to the EMS drivers. Oh, yeah. They, they, they just I, disappeared. They, they're gone. And in comes an eccentric neighbor asking him, where's the skull at? He's like, what? I, I didn't find the skull. He's like, no, I know you found it. Where is it at? Because it's like the one place they didn't check was in the furnace. Yeah. And he's like, surely you checked the furnace. furnace. And then that's when Tom Hanks is like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> no. He's like, no, but... Walter's alive, so you didn't kill him. He's like, I know. I killed your old neighbors because they didn't want to sell me the house. Yep. He's like, what? And then one of the other neighbors from this family starts driving the EMS, and they Tom Hanks fights out, and they end up crashing the ambulance. They get out, and then causes like a huge chain link reaction of crashes, which bumps into the back of the neighbor's car and pops the trunk. It's filled with bones. Yep. Yeah, and... They're like, oh, we were right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with the burbs, basically. Pretty much. And uh, and then that... Corey Feldman looks down at the camera. I forgot what he said. He says, God, I love this town or something like that. Yeah. God, I love this neighborhood. And then that's the movie. Basically breaking the fourth wall to look at us like, God, I love this neighborhood. So that is the movie. It's pretty, it's... pretty accurate uh, description of it. Yeah. Tom Hanks, not minding his own business since spying on his neighbors because they're super weird to his credit he was trying to like there's instances where he's just trying to hang out but art keeps yeah. bugging him and he's like i'm just sitting here trying to take a nap and just trying yeah. to get some sleep right art's like overzealous. his wife's gone art has nothing to do so he, he's bothering ray pretty much yeah so for the breakdown technicals i thought were fairly sound yes there's it like Nothing that like blew me away, away, but there's mm -hmm. nothing like egregious about it. So I'm gonna go with the seven. Fair. And then story I enjoyed. I thought it was really funny. So I think I'm gonna give that Be seven point five. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good story. And then uh, enjoyment. I'm gonna give it a seven. Hey, so so really far it's enjoyable my enjoyable movie. Yeah. So far it's my best one yet that I have recommended for a total of twenty one point five. Which... Hey. <laughs> If it gets above a 20 for us, that's good. Yeah, so I yeah. I finally hit it. And I'm glad it was the burbs. I, yeah. I was, I was, I was like, in my mind, I was like, all right. Like, I honestly, I, I wouldn't have known what to give you. After, <laughs> I was like, you know, comedy is good. Yeah. So, so I think I know my wheelhouse for Dave. 
is he loves to laugh. So, <laughs> all right. So, what are we gonna assign each other next? All right. Why don't you go ahead and give me yours first? All right. I am going to give you a Japanese horror movie that's on Netflix. Okay. It's dubbed, so it's in English, but it's called Remember. But spelled R E slash M E M B E R. Okay. I really think this is a movie that's like in your wheelhouse that you'd enjoy. Okay. So I'm actually for for these three because there's so many uh, movies that I want to recommend to you, um, and all and each of them like vastly different. That I don't know if I should just give you one or I would have it so that I name you these three and you pick just, from it. Just give me one. Just give you one? Yeah. All right. All right, I'll do this one. This one is one I, I just kind of want to get your uh, opinion on. Right. Uh, you're going to be listening to a musical. Okay. You're going to be listening to Repo the Genetic Opera. All right. That one has uh, plenty of familiar faces. One specifically that it'll be funny when you when you see them. But they have some... It's a musical. I like it. This one's also a cult one, so... Yeah. I mean, I've seen Repo Man, which I believe was based on this, so... Only a little bit. If you're talking about the one with Jude Law... Yeah. The concept of, of reclaiming organs is about the only thing that it's... That's the only thing it has in common with this. Okay. You're gonna watch this and be like, oh, this is way, way different than that movie. All right, so that's Remember and Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah. All right, so I'm I'm already happy that I at least got you to like at least one of my reasons. Got one, yeah. When you, at what point were you like, all right, this might be good? <laughs> I'd say probably towards the beginning, like I said, when the neighbor just kind of walks into his house, start eating his food, I got to chuckle out of that one. You're like, all right, this is going to yeah. be a little goofy, so. And you start seeing all the faces, I'm like, oh, I know a lot of these people, so I'm like, all right. Which, All like right. I said, I couldn't even call it really horror. I'd call it more no. of a comedy thriller. Yeah, it's definitely leans more into the comedy over the horror, but it works. Okay. But um, something that we can both agree on, yes. the menu. The menu. Uh, again, I was so happy when you uh, right. said that this was going to be your pick. I was excited for this one. And, you know, much like with any good movie that I really, really like, I don't tend to watch it a lot. When I like something, I watch it maybe once a year. Yeah, same here. Because I, I really haven't rewatched it since my first watch. Like, but I remember pretty much most of everything that happens. Yes. When people think uh, of Ray Fiennes, they immediately think Voldemort and Harry Potter. But I think Ray Fiennes is hilarious. The dude, if you've ever yeah. seen In Bruges, the dude is hilarious. No, yeah. Yeah, that's I didn't really know much about Ray Fiennes going into this, but he he was pretty good in this movie. And I gotta say, uh, was it Nicholas Holt and then Anya Taylor Joy? Which I feel like a Anya Taylor Joy to me is what a lot of people feel about Jenna Ortega. I feel that way about Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, I think Anya Taylor Joy and I think now Nicholas Holt are like actors and actors that are kind of getting to that level where. It, if I see their name on a movie and know nothing else, mm -hmm. I'm still going to sit down and watch it. Because shortly after I watched this last year, uh, Renfield came out. Yeah, and I watched Renfield like was about a month ago. Uh, what'd you think of it? I forget. I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, it was pretty good. I don't think I liked it as much as you did, but I still really enjoyed it. I enjoy just turning my brain off and having fun with it. Yeah. So uh, Nicholas Holt, he. He is one of those actors. I'm like, okay, if I see you're in something, 
He's I'm so, gonna have to check it out. Yeah, he's so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Andy Taylor Joy yeah. look, look, was looking good in this though. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think Jenna Ortega's there for me yet because everything I like her in, mm-hmm. she's like a supporting character. Right, I've yet to see her break out and be the main star of a movie yet. Well, Beetlejuice is coming up, so yeah. So, do you want to give a, a quick? one two sentence sum up of what this is yep a bunch of foodies are going to a restaurant on island for a unforgettable food experience yeah and the chef decides fuck it i'm gonna kill them all i'm gonna kill everybody because he (laughs) he has lost his passion for his art of culinary food making and he wants to take it out on everybody who he believes like rob him of his passion so he invites specific people to this evening the ones that he blames for killing his passion for cooking. And Andy Taylor-Joy as Margot, uh, who wasn't supposed to be there, she was like a last-minute replacement by Nicholas yeah. Holt, uh, is the only person who wasn't specifically supposed to be there. Yeah, and it throws Chef Slovak? Slowick. Slowick. It throws him off a little bit, seeing someone who is not supposed to be there, because this experience is kind of catered to everyone that was supposed to be there and your typical like foodie critics are supposed to be the ones that like will can't can't just enjoy a meal for what it is but have to like just break it down much like a critic like much like a movie critic yeah (laughs) um um just break it down and not be able to like like something that's supposed to be like oh this is supposed to be delicious and then they'll eat it oh uh, intentional contrarians i'll say yeah so they get to the island, they start getting this the tour of the island, and on this island is where they get all their ingredients, and they're like, everything we have is here, so mm-hmm. all the uh, hospitality workers, sous chefs, servers, everything, all live on this island. Yeah, very, it's like, you, you see it, it's like a military compound, they yeah. all like live together, and it's like, alright, because you, you go to something like this and you're like, oh, fun food stuff, it's, you know, it'll probably be a nice light-hearted thing, and it's like, you get there and it's like we all bunk together, we all yeah. get up at 6 in the morning, you're like, yeesh yeah. They're like, do you ever get burnt out? She's like, no We no. don't burn anything unless we do it to make it taste good <laughs> Life of the party, you are Right. I forgot her name, but the one that was giving the tour and like kind of like the hostess of the evening Like Elsa or something like that? Yeah, or... she was really good in this movie Everything she I said, enjoy yeah. her, yeah. Like she's so like stone faced and everything going on. She's just like, yeah, I'm which, down. Which it's it's funny as like as more and more we like just descend into madness in this thing. Everybody is still just like delivering like straight faced lines. Yeah. Um. Oh, and uh, if you if you haven't seen it and you're wondering how Slowick Slowick is played by Ray Fiennes he's like the head chef he's like the world famous he's very much like the Gordon Ramsay yes it's like a Gordon Ramsay type character like very in control if you ever watch Hell's Kitchen yes but doesn't but doesn't really lose his temper like Gordon Ramsay no he just but he can just insult you like passingly no and other, it just, yeah and it just hurts all the same yeah so it's like a they're in for like a four hour meal. It's like it's supposed to be an entire night of I have prepared a very special meal for all of what you. Was it a course meal? Something like that. And it was like at each, he says, I don't want you to eat. Our food is too good for you to eat. I want you to taste. Yeah. And you could tell Anna Taylor Joy's character is like a fish out of water in this environment. Yeah. She's, she's us. Like, yeah. She's like, no. What the hell's going on here? Like, this She's, is all right, I guess. 
Yeah, she's trying though. She yeah, she, she she's an escort. Is that right? Yeah, you find out later in the movie that Nicholas Holt's girlfriend broke up with him, so he hired an escort to come with him because this restaurant doesn't allow people to come alone. Yeah, so she was supposed to just be his plus one. Yeah, his his attractive dinner date, and like much like us, the fish out of water, where it's like you can tell she's trying to like enjoy it. Be like, okay, this is mm-hmm. you know fun. I'm trying. I'm trying to you know get get why you guys like this so much. Yeah. But then it's just like everybody's just so pretentious with how they're like, mm, yes, this, you know, I tasted a uh, a slight tint of of algae and stuff. It is like yeah. it's like you're eating the ocean. It's yeah, like, <laughs> you're like eating the ocean. Oh, such a good line. I was like, I was like, ugh. <laughs> and then she like kind of loses her shit a little bit when the next court is bread without that bread. It's just all the stuff you would put on bread. With no bread, it's it's making fun of those kind of restaurants that like I, they they did this in uh, crazy. No, what was it? Cra- no, always be my maybe. Uh, there yeah. there was a. Have you have you seen that movie? I might have. It has Keanu Reeves in it, and they go to a restaurant and it's like they're sitting there eating beef Wellington while listening to the sounds of the cow that was slaughtered as they eat. It was like just yeah. very very pretentious. Yeah. And she's like, you guys enjoy this? This is awesome. This is great. And then you have the big time super food critic, a table over. And she's like, huh. It, you got a very little, like a drop of sauce on her plate. And she looks at it. It's like, oh, this ambrosian is broken. And so it, you don't, you shouldn't have this at a place like this. Oh, and that that was played by uh, Jane Lynch, if I'm not mistaken. The That food critic. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I like, I like Jane, Jane Lynch. Lynch? I believe it was. I like Jane Lynch. Uh, just just yeah. throwing that name out there just because I'm a fan. Yeah. And so what uh, Chef Sloak does is he sends her a big bowl of the sauce that's broken. <laughs> Here's some more broken am- <laughs> ambrosia <stuff> for you. <laughs> I love... I oh, love... no, it wasn't uh, Jane Lynch. Oh, wasn't? It was No, uh, Janet McTeer. Oh, she looks like Jane Lynch. Yeah. Oh, well. Never well. heard of her, so... Oh, all right. Well, uh, I like her anyway. Yeah, she was good. I just, as the night goes on, you see Slowick's pettiness just get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, you, you see the level of petty that this man has gone through all of this trouble to, to do. At, at what point? Which brings us to the next course, which is where the night starts to get insane. Yes. The mess. He brings out his sous chef and he's like, my sous chef? He's good, hmm? but he'll never be great. No, he won't. He'll never be me. Do you want my life? Yeah, you'll never have it. And I give you the mess. And his shoe stuff just shoots himself. Just kills himself right there on the spot. <laughs> and then they bring about uh, pressure cooked uh, beef with a uh, bone marrow. <laughs> it's like my sous chef just killed himself. Now for your next meal. Yeah. And that's the point where it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got Anya Taylor-Joy freaking out, and Nicholas Holt's character's just like, oh, my God, this food's so good. Yes, Nicholas Holt <laughs> is in another world. He, he don't like, give a fuck about anything else that's happening. Nicholas Holt is like, I I paid my fourteen uh, my fourth my one thousand four hundred fifty dollars to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I I love this food and I'm here because I'm I'm a fan and yeah. I'm just gonna enjoy it. Yeah, what you kind of you find out a little bit later in the movie why he wasn't disturbed by anything that happened. He knew what was gonna happen. 
Yeah, he was in on it. He, he knew what was going down. But he, much like all the people there at the compound, they are very much yes sir yes sir that yeah. they're brainwashed that this is yeah. the this is the cult of slowick and everybody lives and dies by the slowick uh word yeah which was awesome because what slowick's like so you i'd let you know what's gonna happen and your date canceled so you brought her to die and <laughs> even until joy. joy is like pissed she starts speaking a lot of them she gets pulled off of yeah because at, at this point later on in the movie after he pretty slow pretty much says, "Yeah, everybody here gonna die. Just so, yeah. just so you guys know, nobody's getting out of here alive." Which is any Taylor Joy character choice? Like, do you want to die with the pretentious people? Or do you want to die with us, the service people? Which is which he basically says, "Which is what you are. You're an escort, so you are yeah. part of a service industry." Yeah. After the people, after he people start dying or his sous chef kills himself he insists that everybody still stick around because the courses aren't over and all of the courses you can't leave no and you can't die until we finish each of these courses which have a theme in each one of them (laughs) um yeah because i think is the next one the one where he kills his um the guy who's tied up wasn't that his uh financier his angel investor yeah it's the fallen angel because his angel investor has three of the people that work for him mm-hmm. are at the restaurant. But no, that wasn't the next course. The next course was the tacos with uh with all their hidden secrets kind of Ah uh, yes, they, they auto they, printed onto the taco shells. Yes, uh everybody has like their dirty secrets kind of I don't know what kind of machine you use to like embroider or to like laser print onto a taco shell. Me either, but yeah. Um, but each of their them like I know uh, didn't Nicholas Holt have a picture of him like taking pictures of the food so even the though food? he was told not to not to yeah uh, everybody else has like pictures or so. photo documents of like their shady activities going on yeah the three finance guys have photo printed of like tax returns of a false company and they were like how'd you guys get this we're so screwed it's like no our uh, investor owns you guys they can't turn us in. Which brings to the next course, which was the fallen angel, which the angel investor was just submerged into the water. Just tied up and just submerged and drowned. Uh, but then when it leads into our next course, you find out that um, Slowick is is a lot of things, but he is fair because um, I, I, he, he realizes that he has been in the wrong sometimes. Yeah. And uh, he what, did he sexually harass one of his workers? Yeah, he tried to sleep with one of his workers multiple times, and then when she turned around, he kind of completely, like, stopped speaking to her. And he realizes that was wrong, so he gives her the opportunity to stab him. Yeah. And she does, and yeah. so, hey, fair is fair. It, what was it called? The Fall of Man? Was, yeah. And they let all the guys that are there run. Give them 45 second head start. And uh, they have an opportunity to escape, but if they can't, then it's back into the, time to finish the course. No one escapes. No one escapes the island. You good? They're not gonna escape. And then I think that after that is when Nicholas Holt has his big scene. The next, yeah. So that's when it's revealed to Anna Taylor Joy that that she was brought there, knowing that she was gonna be killed. He just he wanted to get yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. And much like how anybody else would be, you'd be pissed. Yeah. So she punched a couple times, like pull her off her, and then he's like, "So you're you're a big foodie, you know all this? Cook, 
Yeah, Slowick says cook if you're so good. Because this entire time, Nicholas Holt has been insufferable, like yeah. trying to analyze the food and say, oh, I know how to do that. And oh, yeah, yeah I have one of those at home. And oh, yeah, yeah, this is how they do this. And he's like, well, if you're so good, yeah. cook. Cook. <laughs> I and love his- what he finished cooking. He had the little menu descriptor on it. It was some Nichol- shit. Nicholas's bullshit. <laughs> Nicholas's bullshit. Oh, yeah. Every time there's a course serve. Yeah, undercooked lamb on edible uh leek and uh shallot butter sauce every time the uh, course is served they have a description of what the food is much like yeah. how uh like you're like you're watching a food channel yeah and <laughs> nicholas is bullshit and uh slower tries it and he's like it just i can't believe this is this bad and he just you just see Nich- the nicholas holtz just his spirit broken yeah and, and uh ray finds hugs him you don't hear what he whispers is here, but you, you just you, see him take off the chef jacket, walk, take walk off away. side, walk out of the scene. And I will say this: Nicholas Holt did some actor that you like. You just see a man's spirit breaking, completely broken. Like that face acting in that scene was so good because you just see every like everything you thought he knew, and he knew nothing. Is wrong, yeah. And he is like meeting. It's like this thing where they say you're never supposed to meet your heroes. Never want to meet, yeah. And the second, and he meets his hero, and he has an opportunity to impress his hero, and your hero just completely <laughs> destroys you. Just destroys you. Ugh, that's rough. But uh, and um, I, I which I'm, I think kind of shows something. Like I know I've worked in restaurants and I've been a cook, so it shows the difference of like being at home cooking for yourself, and like a lot of people are like, oh, I cook at home, I can probably I can do, do a restaurant. It's a completely different ball game. When you're cooking in a yeah. restaurant. And I've done food truck work. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's one thing when you're like, when you order like food and it's like, oh yeah, this, this and that. It's another thing, especially when you have to do it for a lot of people. Yeah. And you have to, it, it, it you can't take your time a lot of the time. You have to. No, a lot of times you have to make it, make it right. But you also have to do it in a short amount of time, which and you can't really fuck up, so... Yes, so, those... So, it's a, it's a, it makes you... If yeah. you've worked in the food industry, you can appreciate this movie on another level. Yeah, especially seeing Nicholas when he finally gets to the kitchen cooking and feels the pressure of everything. Mm-hmm. Completely cracks, because he was probably one of those foodies that only cooked at home or, like, for videos and stuff, mm-hmm. but never actually cooked. You don't have people demanding pressure. Yeah. Yeah. When you have people demanding, like, I need my food like now and you have to get it out, Um, which are we leading into near the end now? Because at this point, uh, he's talked to Andy Teller Joy and said, yeah, you're going to die, but you can either die with them or us. Yeah. And she's like, I'll die with you guys. Cool. Go get this barrel out of the smokehouse for me. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, she breaks into his house. Yep. Finds out some things about her and then gets attacked by Elise. Because Elise, does she she not know everyone's going to die? She's like, you're not replacing me. Didn't she also find Nicholas Holt's body? Yeah, as she's walking to go get the crate, you just see in this room she walks past. He's just hanging there. Yeah, he couldn't deal with the fact that he was so bad at cooking that he killed himself. Yeah. So she gets into this fight with Elise. Basically, they're fight scrapping over a knife. And she ends up killing Elise and freaks out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back with the uh, barrel. Kind of interrupts though, what they were doing. Just like, here you go. And I think the ending is probably the most famous scene. Yeah, that, that people take away from it. Like, yeah, 
All right, time to get ready for the final course. And she's like, hold up. Yeah. I'm not happy. I need to send this food back because it sucks. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy has had it at this point. She's like over it at this point. She's like, can you just get me a basic fucking cheeseburger? And you see him kind of like, his eyes kind of light up, and he's like, we can do a cheeseburger. And he kind of gets excited about making this cheeseburger for her, which kind of ties back to one of the lines he had with her halfway through the movie where he told her, he's like, I really haven't felt joy for cooking for anybody in a long time. And it's actually, you know, as, as, as satirical as this movie is, it's kind of a beautiful sequence. Yeah. Because he, she, he asked for the specifications. Uh, uh, I, I think she asked for, like, crinkled fries or something like that. She and... was like, uh, I just want a basic cheeseburger. Nothing American fancy. Cheese. He's like, yeah, that's the best cheese for a cheeseburger. Cause it yeah. melts. And she's like, can I have fries? It's like jelly cut or crinkle cut. Yeah. Crinkle cut. Yeah. And we see him making it in the kitchen and you just see a smile on his face because he he's is now actually happy cooking this burger. Because it's like he because it's like he's finally making something without having to worry about the pretentiousness. He's like he's making something literally for somebody to enjoy rather than critique. Yeah, it's also full circle because when she broke into his house, mm-hmm. she saw where he got to start, which was a place called Howie's Hamburgers. Yeah. And so he's it, kind of going back to his basics. It's it's very it's very reminiscent of the ending of Ratatouille, of of when uh, if you've ever seen that, and the food critic is like remembers his childhood. Yeah, and then she eats a little bit of it. She's like, it's really good. And he's excited. Uh, he's happy. Yeah, but my eyes are bigger than my stomach. Can I get this to go? He's like, of course, of course. And then he lets her leave. <laughs> I love that during this entire thing, everybody's just letting this happen. They're all just <laughs> staring. Like, because everybody else is like just watching all of this unfold and none of them try to jump up and be like, oh, me too, oh, me too. They just <laughs> let it happen. And, they already subscribe to the fact that they're dying. To- and so they let Annie Taylor-Joy, they give her a goodie bag, yeah, a little she, a little doggy bag. She pays the $10 for the burger and leaves. But it's not over because it's final course time. It's dessert time. What is a, cl- a spin on a classic? The s'more. It's delicious. Yeah, you see him start putting, like, cocoa powder all over the floor and then, like, a caramel and marshmallow, like, <laughs> cream design throughout the floor and the tables. Put a hat on, on everybody. A giant chocolate hat on everybody's head, <laughs> followed by a mushroom, like, like a giant mushroom necklace. A mush- marshmallow kind of yeah. necklace. And, and they set and, fire to the place. Yeah, and they all burn alive. Which leads to, like, one of my favorite, like, cinematic scenes. Because mm-hmm. it pans back to Anya Taylor-Joy boat. Yeah. And she's watching, she's eating the burger, watching it. And you see, like, the building blow up in her eye. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Eye shots like that are really back, cool. And then it pans back to the building. I was oh, that's such a great shot. And she's eating the burger and then wipes her mouth with the menu. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Such a great movie. That, yes. That's uh, the menu. And... I remember seeing the trailer for this back in 2022 and going, all right, this looks interesting. I was thinking it was going to just be, I was like, oh, it looks like uh, Ray Fiennes is playing like a Gordon Ramsay type person that goes on a kind of killing spree. I was like, I might go see that. I didn't think it was going to be as funny as it was. (laughs) See, I had, I've never heard of this movie. I just scrolling through uh, HBO Max one day. Mm -hmm. That's all. I was like, you know what? The cast looks good. I'll give it a shot. And it was amazing. I was like, this is Isn't awesome. that great? 
Isn't that great yeah. when you like you're not expecting really anything, and then you? It's kind of like how I felt when I went to go see Cabin in the Woods, and yeah. I just thought it was going to just be a, a generic Cabin in the Woods movie, and then it turns out to be way more. Yeah, when you go in something with like low to no expectations and blows you out of the water. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was. I had. Like, but this is a movie. Even if you came in with high expectations, it would meet it. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it at home, and it was just one of those things that uh, one of my family members was like, hey, why don't we watch it? And I was like, all right, sure. Uh, I've been meaning to kind of check it out, and then I watch it. And I think I have a different – I definitely have a different kind of humor. I I love not in-your-face humor. I love this kind of humor. I love dark humor, uh, dry and sometimes satirical humor. Yeah. I was laughing every like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas's whole character was cracking me up because even that scene where everyone in the restaurant's panicking and freaking out, he's just sitting there eating, yeah. just chowing down what was in front of him. Did not care. I was like, oh, that's hilarious, dude. I'm gonna go ahead and say since we didn't uh, get into it, but this is also my favorite scene of the movie, and I have memorized it by heart because I feel. I, I can relate to this level of pettiness. At one point, John Leguizamo is in this movie, and he's an actor. And at one point, he asks Slowick, or he's talking to Slowick and wondering why everybody's here. And Slowick gives him the reason why John Leguizamo's character is there. I and love that scene, yeah. This is my favorite. He go now, um, John Leguizamo is an actor, and there he did a movie, a children's movie, called Calling Dr. Sunshine. And so... Uh, Slowick is like, do you want to know why you are here? He said, I saw the movies do- calling Dr. Sunshine and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> He's like, on a Sunday matinee, my first day off in weeks. He said, it was a Thursday, my one day off, my one day off in months, a precious day. And he said, and John Leguizamo is trying to plead with him like, look, I'm just an actor. I didn't yeah. make the movie. He's like, yes, but seeing your face in that movie and seeing you now, it haunts me. I love me. how it tied it into like a more serious reason. He's like, seeing you in that movie, I realize what happens when artists lose their passion. Yes. And your face in that movie haunts me. And then he's like, what about the girl I'm with? She's oh, my yeah. Sister. And he's like, where did you go to college? Yeah, where? Brown. 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 Student loans? Nope. nope. Dead. He said, sorry, you're dying. (laughs) That whole sequence is the funniest bit of the entire movie for me. Oh, Ray Fiennes. That that Ray Fiennes is hilarious to me. Yes. Just, I, the level of pettiness of, of, I just, I could identify it to my core when he's like, I saw the movie and I did not enjoy it. And I saw it on my day off and it was a... (laughs) I wasted a little bit of free time I had on this movie. It sucked. So I'm killing you. So I'm killing you. And I was like, I saw your passion. You know, it just, when an artist loses their drive and their passion. And then then even John Gozamo was like, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Yeah, I did it for the paycheck. I did it for the paycheck. What about her? Where'd you go to school? Brown suit and loans? No, sorry, you're dying. So is there an actor you would kill for a role in any other movie? That just made you so mad. Oh, that's a good... While you think about that, I just want to say this. I don't know if it's true, but I hope it is. Originally, John Leguizamo was supposed to be originally played by Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> and Daniel Radcliffe was supposed to be playing himself, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, and 
there was a movie that Dan, that he was in with uh, James McAvoy where he played like Igor or Frankenstein. Uh, Is it like I Frankenstein or something like that? Something like I Frankenstein. And originally the line was supposed to be, I saw the movie I Frankenstein and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or if that's just – and it would just add another layer of awesome because that's yeah. Voldemort and Harry Potter that – I. I, I love in my mind that's canon that that was but I just wanted to throw that in there. All right, so you said is there an actor that has made me feel like that way of like you've lost your drive and it just pisses me off? No, that just just has me they lost their drive or just a portrayal in their movie pissed you off so much. <laughs> um, do you have one in mind? Because I'm trying to think. I do. Who? Rooney Mara from A Nightmare on Elm Street. You really hated her that much. The fact that she's had so many other great performances, but she fucking sleepwalks through a nightmare on Elm Street. She did it for a fucking paycheck. Pisses me off. Damn, two F-bombs in a row. You must yeah. really feel some kind she of She was way. fucking terrible in that movie. Like, that was the whole thing, and, like, a lot of people talk about it when they talk about that movie. It's how she was just there for a paycheck. She doesn't like horror movies. She doesn't like a nightmare on Elm Street. She did it for a paycheck. That's kind of how uh, Jennifer Lawrence was in the later X-Men movies where it was like, yeah. that's what people were saying in the last one she was in, where it was like, like she didn't even want to be there and she was happy to get killed off. Um, yeah, so it makes me mad when I see her. It's like, you're so good. But a movie that means so much to me, you couldn't give a shit. So fuck you. I am trying to think uh, if there is anything that I've watched where I was like, God, I, I like you, you're ruining this for me. That's tough. I mean, I don't know why the first thing that comes to mind is from Black, uh, from not Black, from Hanukkah. But I mean, I don't, I don't even feel that much hatred to that guy. I don't know. The, For you, it's just the entire movie. That one girl from Black Christmas. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I've, ne- I've never seen her in anything else, so I can't really be like I'm disappointed either. Yeah. I don't know. I, I if I can think of something uh, by the end of it, I'll let you know. Yeah, I think it's also the fact that it's like. If she was just a bad actress, I'd be like, you know what? They fucked with casting. But she's so good in other stuff. You're like, I've that seen makes you be in... so mad. You're like, I've seen you in good things. Yeah. I've seen you do great work, but in a movie that means so much to me, you just said, fuck it. I always get her and Kate Mara, the movies that they've been in, mixed up. Um, I'm trying to remember which one was in the dragon tattoo. The girl with the dragon tattoo versus the one that was in House of Cards. I, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But, I mean, I don't even... Re- that movie feels like so long ago since I've even seen it that I can't... Rudy even... Morrow is the one with the, the girl with the dragon tattoo. And this, and you're talking about... And who's the one in Nightmare? Rooney Mara. Oh, so so that is the same actress. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, she's a good actress. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I... We're going to have to review that movie at some point because it's been so long since I've even seen it. And I've defended it so many times. Maybe we need to watch it just so I can be like, all right, I've defended this movie a couple of times, but it has been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> well, that's even more reason that we need to now. <laughs> all right. So let's get into, do you have a favorite kill of the movie? Um, really? Um, I mean, other than the group kill at the end, there was only like two others. Yeah. That's why I said my favorite scene was the John Leguizamo scene. If you have a favorite yeah. scene, uh, you want to do favorite scene? Because um, the only other kill I can think of is uh, Nicholas Holt killing himself just because he's so upset. See, yeah, the Nicholas Holt cooking scene is probably my favorite scene. You just see that man break. Yeah. It, it's a good scene. Great storytelling. It's funny. Mm-hmm. But you also see great acting in the scene with you Nicholas do- Holt. 
you see a and lot. I appreciate of that talent right there. Nicholas Holt does a lot with his eyes. Yeah, and I appreciate that. So I'm gonna go with that scene. I'm going to next season or around Christmas time. I'm going to give you the gift of like a buzzer of some sort that when I start over talking, you buzz it and I will <laughs> shut up for like two minutes because I, I I do that way too much. Yeah. Um. That's going to be my Christmas present to you because I, I I have to keep stopping myself to, from talking over you. Um, that could be. Uh, yeah, and I already told you my favorite scene, which yeah. was uh, which is that. So. Right. Uh, ratings. Ratings. So to start off with technicals, I'm gonna give it a nine. Nine. I think this is a beautifully shot movie. The score is good. So yeah, I'm gonna go with a nine. Uh, I'm gonna go eight point five. Eight point five. Technical, it was really good, very shot. And again, I'm always uh, a fan. I love how a lot of some of it was made to look like food show, like when they yeah. show the food and then it's like the description at the at the bottom. Or they had that fancy scene of you talking about with uh, uh, shooting, uh, seeing the explosion via her eyes. And I always like a story that is small and like in a confined area. Yeah. So that kind of goes into story, but uh, I mean, the, the fact that you have to just keep it all in one room. So what are you giving it for a story? Story? I'm also going to give it 8.5. Pretty original. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you with an 8.5 for story. It's, it's, it's a, a original story. And the uniqueness of this concept, I think would be, it's kind of really hard to get right, but they do. And I'll even say at the very beginning... It's funny how it flips because initially you're kind of with uh, Nicholas Holt's character. You're kind of identifying with like, oh, yeah. this guy really loves food and he's yeah. this is his passion. And Anya Taylor-Joy is – she's there, but she doesn't quite she's get it. The, yeah. Sometimes she'll make a little remark and it's like, hey, just let the guy enjoy his food. But then near the end you're like, no, fuck this guy. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. He's an awful person. Yeah. And I think this is a movie that very easily could have been really bad. Yeah, it was If perfectly... they miscast or yeah. – with a different way of sort, yeah. So it was perfectly cast. Oh yeah. Like it was, and like I couldn't imagine anybody else playing Slowick. Uh, Anya Taylor no. Joy was was great, and Nicholas Holt played his part fantastic. And yeah. even the side characters were supposed yeah. to be pretentious kind of jerks, which they played. Yeah, yeah. and they they played it all perfectly. So so I think enjoyment. I enjoy this movie so much. So I'm gonna give it a nine point five. I'm giving it a nine. Uh, I mean, this nine is about the highest as I've given like anything in terms of enjoyment. It's it's hard for me to give in. I I off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that I just go perfect. You know what I mean? But nine yeah, is we've yet to give out any tens for anything, But yeah, nine is about the highest I could go for something I really, really, really enjoy. Um. But I'm looking for my perfect movie. Yeah. Um, I could see myself rewatching this as much as I rewatch Scream, and I also put that at a nine point five, so I have to put it up there. Yeah. So mine is eight point five, like eight and not. It wasn't, or did I say eight point five for a story? Yeah, you had eight point five, eight point five, and then nine. Yeah, I mean that's a that's probably so that the highest score it, I've given anything. I think it's a twenty six out of thirty, and then I went nine. 8.5 and 9.5, which is a 27 out of 30. That might, This might be the highest rated movie we've watched. I think so, yeah. Because I, I think if I had a list like my top five favorite horror movies, I think I put this at three. Would you even Behind classi- Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street. Would you even classify this as horror? 
It's a stretch, but it is a horror comedy. If you look up, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. the con. The, yeah, I mean, it's not. Sometimes it's kind of hard to. Uh, again, it's kind of like with thrillers that I put. Yeah. I, I put them in the same vein. This this is anything that has to do with kind of like macabre or entering into like morbid kind of subject matter like this, where people are being killed off. I can put. I can lump it into the horror category. Yeah, it's uh, categorized as a horror thriller. Okay, but I mean, it should have comedy in there because it's really funny. Yeah, it, it leads into the comedy perfectly, so. Yeah, this is our highest rated movie. Which I'm happy with that. Yeah, and now you gotta follow it with a good movie. Oh, I kind of already knew what I was... Well, it was gonna be between two. Alright. One was either gonna be my franchise, much like Scream is yours, Saw is yeah. mine. Yeah. But I was like, no, I don't know if I want to do Saw, uh as much as i like it but i decided to go with a movie that i don't think it's nearly enough love but i put on the same pedestal as uh cabin in the woods um and i don't know if we've done this one but i wanted to do tucker and dale versus evil we haven't reviewed it i know we talked about a bunch we've so. we've we've mentioned it in passing i know we talked about it a little bit when we did cabin in the woods so but right. but i we never really gave it a full breakdown no so that okay, is yeah and that is a movie that I can watch. I've watched it way more than Cabin in the Woods, probably because it's also a 90-minute movie. I feel like I watch Cabin in the Woods more than Tucker Dale vs. Evil, but... But, uh... Yeah, yeah I that, mean, it's good, so... Yeah, so... I, my, not as good as the menu, probably, but it's one that I've watched a lot. Yeah. So, I, that, I'm perfectly happy with that one being my uh, wrap-up one for my pick of our season of Grab Bag Picks. It's okay. Like I, I know my last one probably isn't like cinematically a good movie, mm-hmm. but I know it's a movie I enjoy. So yeah, that's that's kind of like that's you how know. we're gonna end. Or it was I'm not gonna pick it anymore. But or I was gonna end it on Black Phone, which is a great movie. But it's like this. The, these last two picks are going to be our cheeseburgers. Yeah, <laughs> it's not nothing super fancy, but I can enjoy it every time. Yeah, I watch. I know I watched this movie on. Yeah, is that going to be yours? Black no. Oh, that it was going to be, but I was thinking about it, but Black Phone's a movie I don't watch that often. Mm-hmm. I know it's great. It's long. Yeah, wanna you wanna know something? What? Still only halfway through it. Yeah, no, we were supposed to review it. Never did it, but you only watched half of it. I've only watched half of it, and we were didn't weren't we supposed to have like Spencer on or something? Yeah, I don't get how you only watched half of that movie. It's so good. Uh, yeah, life happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something. Ha- I, I don't know. Maybe I was annoyed that we that we had to reschedule. I was like, well, now there's no point in me even watching this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was. He was still in the basement <laughs> when I. Yeah. When I. <laughs> um. But uh, maybe maybe we'll review that at some point in the future. Just yeah. just on our own. But yeah. in the meantime, next time or for my finale finale of my uh, grab back pick, we're watching Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as we enjoyed watching the menu. Oh, yeah. I'm going to finish watching it again as soon as we Yeah. All right. Have a good week, everybody. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.